Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. So we are back with the Women's Football Podcast. I am joined today by Alejandro Diago. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Yes, not too shabby, thank you. And we are joined today with Her Football Hub's Jay Lewis. Welcome to the podcast, Jay. Thanks for having me. Excited to make my debut. Yes, it's been a bit of a rocky debut so far. Not on your behalf, on mine. We've had a I'm few glad. technical issues. <laughs> I'm glad that's cleared up. Yeah, can we just clear that up? It was my <laughs> issues with the technical side of things, but we're good and we are good to go. Um, so let's just get straight into it. Um, now, Jay, you are an Arsenal fan. This may be painful. Maybe this is why Lewis, our other Arsenal fan, did not want to come on the podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm just joking. He, he was just a bit busy. Um, but... Um, Chelsea, obviously, they retained the Women's League Cup. It was a phenomenal 6-0 win. Um, you know, Arsenal fans, you know, Jay, just when you're thinking maybe it will be a just, you know, a, a little win, a little 1-0, a little 2-0. No, it was 6-0 um, in the final against Bristol City. Um, Alejandro, what did you make of the game? Massive win for them. Massive win, but we can say it was a bit expected if you, we see the difference between both teams. One is a team done to, I would say, to compete, to fight even for the Champions League. And the other and the other one, Bristol City, is a team that is done to keep the keep the spot in the in the in the women's super league in England. It's a difference. And when having players as Sam Kerr or Frank Kirby, uh, the only result you can get is a huge win like the one Chelsea got. Yeah, that is true. I guess when you when you look at it in that way, um, I mean, you can talk about the the magic of cup games and anything can happen. But yeah, I guess when you're in a final like that, it, it would be expected. Um, now, obviously, those six goals, um, Fran Kirby actually had a hand in all of them. Standard, light work for her. Um, now, she has signed a contract extension with the club. James... Do you think that she has the potential to become one of Europe's greatest? Because at the moment, she is flying. This girl is flying. There is no stopping her. Do you think that she could actually be up there competing for the kind of awards like the Ballon d'Or? Or am I getting a little bit too ahead of myself here? No, I think that's completely fair to say. I think the only thing I believe she is there in terms of talent wise i think she's there in application i think it might just be a longevity thing because obviously she's come back from some really um serious health issues so i think in order for her to be in that kind of europe's greatest kind of competition i think she needs to just continuously play like this so like on from this season a few more seasons that especially with the euros coming up i think she's gonna have to show it at an international tournament as well because you saw how Megan Rapino won Ballon d'Or because of a great World Cup. So I think what really sets the Europe's elite is also doing it in European, um, doing it in international competitions. So I think that's the only thing that's holding her back. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I guess depending what happens um, with the Euros next year, I think it will be interesting. And maybe if she does perform on on that big stage, then maybe then she will get that status of being you know, one of the best in Europe. Now, also, we have to have a little bit of a shout-out to Sam Kerr as she got a hat-trick. Now, she's 27, same as Fran Kirby. Um, she has had such an impressive career. I mean, she's the all-time leading scorer in the National Women's Soccer League in the USA. She is also the same in the Australian Women's League. She's the leading goal scorer for Chelsea in the league um, at the moment. And... She did sign a two-and-a-half-year deal when she joined in November 2019. Now, Chelsea at the moment have been pinning down a lot of their players, like I mentioned, Fran Kirby, obviously Beth England as well. Alejandro, can you see her staying at the club for longer than her deal? Or do you think she could move to another European club? Because when I looked at you know, like her club career and everything, apart from maybe one or two scenarios where she stayed for quite a couple of years... She does tend to kind of flit around for a year or two here, a year or two there. So what do you think the future will hold? Can I talk to you with my heart or talking to you with my brain? Whichever one you prefer. You know what? Let's... 
I don't know. Let's be realistic and talk with our head and then maybe finish on a lighter note with the heart. With, <laughs> with my head, probably Chelsea can extend her contract and keep her safe for more time because we are seeing she's, she, has, she has been one of the key players of the Blues and she fits perfectly in the system of Chelsea. But with the heart, I think all, all, all in this room would like to have a player like Sam Kerr in our teams. And may, maybe I wouldn't mind her to change to another country, maybe Spain, and maybe dress a white T-shirt. Oh, okay. So you're basically, you're, you're putting it out there. You, you're letting her know, Sam Kerr, if you're listening, uh, there may be uh, a spot for you at Real Madrid. Alejandro may find a spot for you at Real Madrid. <laughs> yeah, re- re- really. Who, everyone, everyone would like to have a player like this. And, and nowadays, uh, all uh, the clubs, they are improving so much in, in all, in, in, in all the, the countries in Europe. And Sam Kerr can be a, a key signing for every important club. So, but being realistic, I think she, she will stay with Chelsea. Yeah. I mean, I guess when you look at how well Chelsea are performing, unless you have a real... Which I think maybe she could have a desire to go out and maybe um, conquer things at another club in Europe. But I guess at the moment, especially depending what happens with the Champions League, you know, Chelsea are definitely up there with one of the best teams in Europe. So maybe, you know, if she's happy there and settled, maybe she will want to stay. Um, or maybe with how well Real Madrid seems to be doing, which we will get onto later... Maybe your wish will come true, Alejandro. We will hope for you. <laughs> let's see. Let's see because it it seems this summer this summer window it will be so funny to see. Yeah, definitely. And I think you know me and Jay as Manchester United and Arsenal fans. I don't think we'd mind that if she departed from Chelsea, would we? I think not. To be honest, I I like the competition. Like we've got a great striker in Viv Mudamart. It's great to see right. they've got great strikers so it's like I would the thing is for the better of the WSL I'd like to see her stay yeah but like Alejandro said Spain has great teams so it would be it wouldn't be weird if she decided for a new challenge because Chelsea have conquered a lot so far yeah definitely I I I agree with that one and and yeah I guess she could you know Obviously, it's pretty likely that they will be winning the league. We'll have to wait and see. But, you know, she's won a cup already as well. So maybe she will be looking for pastures new. Um, but, you know, in that game where, where they've won this cup, unfortunately, defender Maran uh, Mielder, she was carried off on a stretcher. She went to hospital with a serious knee injury that has ruled her out for the rest of the season. So here's hoping that it is um, as speedy as possible, her recovery. Um, but despite this which will be tough for Chelsea. Um, it was pretty much a perfect day for them. Um, I'm going to ask you a question now, Jay. Do you think that they can do the treble? Mm, I'd say no. I'd say no because I believe that they've pretty much got the WSL wrapped up. The only big game I really feel that will actually test that is the Man City game that's coming yeah. up. That's practically a decider, but I believe that Chelsea, even after losing Marin Milder, have enough depth to handle a team like Man City, like how they outlasted them in the Conti Cup. So I think that will pretty much happen again. The thing that I don't think they'll win is the Champions League. Yeah. I think naturally it is the creme de la creme. And I think Chelsea, as much as they do have depth, I believe what I learned from the second half of the Conti Cup final was that I don't believe their depth is strong enough to compete with a team like a Leon or a Wolfsburg. Yeah, yeah, I get what you mean, but I mean definitely a, a double is pretty much yeah definitely. on the cards. Yeah. Um, now, Alejandro, you mentioned Bristol before. Um, it wasn't great for them. Nobody likes to lose six nil. Are there any positives to take for them, or not really? Mm, to be honest, the only positive thing you can take for participating in a in a in a in a final like this is the fact of participating in a in a final. Uh, being 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 fighting for a title is a chance that a very few teams they, they can have during the season and maybe in their history 
and they got it. And we have seen Bristol has is a club with a huge history in women's football in England. And maybe this final, they can give them a, a boost to become uh, even more powerful. But let's see. And now they should focus on keeping keeping the keeping the spot in the in the in the women's super league. Definitely. Things have actually been going reasonably well in the Women's Super League as they managed to lift themselves out of that relegation place with West Ham jumping in there. Um, But Jay, do you feel like this loss could maybe affect their form in the league? Or do you think they'll be able to brush themselves off and just kind of get back and focus on what they need to do? I think think it won't affect their form in the league because I don't feel... They've got a good manager in Matt Beard who I think will help them refocus. Also, I feel sometimes finals can be distractions because it's so emotionally leading up to that game. You just want to win the final. But after the final's gone, it's like it will bring them it will bring them closer together because they got to a final, which is an achievement in itself. And they've got someone like Ebony Salmon that's going to lead the team, that's going to keep trying because she wants to do the best for the team and the team really feed off that energy so I think it won't affect their their form in the league but their next game is City so it will be like another grace for them yeah uh, I think it'll be very interesting to see what happens Um, and I was saying on last week's podcast um, as pathetic as this might sound like I do always feel bad for people when they get relegated yeah. Like, apart from maybe if it was Manchester City, then <laughs> I don't think I'd be too bothered. Um, but I do always feel a little bit bad. And I just think, oh, no, I don't want you to be relegated. But then I'm kind of happy for the people that have been promoted. So it's mm. it's an emotional roller coaster for me, I'll be honest. Um, but, yeah, here's uh, wishing Bristol the best and that they can bounce back from that defeat and of course congratulations to Chelsea is there anything that they can't do well maybe the Champions League we'll have to wait and see but um next up we will head to Spain Alejandro get yourself ready for this one (laughs) Atletico Madrid against Real Madrid it was a memorable game it ended in a 1-0 victory for Real there was a red card for each team um and it has also left things looking very interesting in the league which we will get into so Alejandro, first up, what was going on with these red cards? Can you explain for me? Uh, we need to make different the two red cards. The first one, red card to Olga Carmona, and the second red card to Dana Castellanos. The yeah. first one, it was an action where Olga Carmona arrives late uh, to to cover Ludmila, and she and she makes a foul. It can be red card, and I don't. Uh, this this can be red card, but the only thing is that few minutes after. Lai Alexandri made an, an action similar with another Real Madrid player and it wasn't sanctioned with a red card. It was just only a yellow card. My question right. is, why the, the criteria, they changed in, in, one, in, one, in one movement of the game and they changed 20 minutes later? That is the thing I don't understand. But the second red card of Dana Castellanos after going faster than expected with Misa Rodriguez is totally understandable and for me, it's completely red card because she had a yellow card before. And, yeah. and the problem of the, we are seeing that Dana, this is not the first time she, uh, she has been uh, a bit hard with a rival. If we remember uh, last week with a Betis player uh, playing in Betis, uh, Betis Arena in Sevilla, uh, Dana Castellanos had a, move, a moment of trust talking and facing another rival. So... I don't know what's happening, but Dana should uh, think aware that she's competing in the Spanish league and she needs sometimes to reduce the speed and think twice the things. You know what? It, it's one of those situations where you have to, you know, when you get red cards in, in these scenarios, you've got to look at yourself and think, listen, I, I need to fix up here and, and sort myself out a bit. Um, now, for Atletico Madrid, it has been a tough few weeks. Um, I almost feel like I'm a bit of a bad omen because I did speak to Kylie Strom from Atletico Madrid just before their Champions League uh, fixture and we were positive. We had great vibes. I really hope I'm not a bad omen. <laughs> but um, it has been a tough few weeks for them, especially with the way that they bowed out of the Champions League against Chelsea, the penalty situation, etc. 
now they've lost against Real Madrid. Jay, do you think that perhaps they're just maybe a bit drained from these big games? Or is it one of those situations where you think, hang on, you're Atletico Madrid, you're a massive team, you don't get to be drained from these games. You know, these are the games that really do show if you are, you know, that level of a side that you can push through these games. So do you think they're maybe a bit drained or no excuses really? Uh, I don't think there's any excuses. I think it might just be a bit of bad luck. Someone might have stepped on like three drains on the way to the first Chelsea game because <laughs> it just doesn't seem... I think the way how they lost the first leg to Chelsea, I think that might have just really derailed their season because it just... Yeah. You're, you're already 11 to 10, two penalties. They weren't the greatest of penalties. Um, they couldn't, they were, it's like they were struggling to really make things work against a team that already had less people. Tony Duggan looked incredibly frustrated in her return to the UK. I think all of that just kind of put them on a downward spiral, really. They've got two wins out of six. I think, yeah, maybe Chelsea. Chelsea might have just mentally frazzled them. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I, I know when I spoke to Kylie, they weren't, they knew, you know, what they were up against with Chelsea. I don't think it's, um, I think I agree with you in that it's just one of those situations where they have just been maybe drained from that experience because they definitely knew what they were going into. They knew, obviously, you know, they knew the kind of team that they were facing. And maybe it's just one of those situations that you live and learn from, you move forward and, um, you know, maybe it's affected them more than, they expected and then obviously with this loss against uh, Real you know hoping maybe they can they can try and bounce back but you know looking at Real Madrid now this victory is massive for them when you look at the table they are now in third place Um, you've got the other Madrid team who are in fourth place five points behind Real and Atletico are now six points behind in fifth place Alejandro, do you think that Real have secured themselves that third position? Can you pop open the champagne yet? No, 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 absolutely not. Uh, the third position is not safe and Real Madrid should sweet to, to get it in every game. Shall I remember you that this week we have an important game. Real Madrid has an important game against Levante that is second and is performing a wonderful season this year under Maria Pri. So, really... The third spot is not safe, and if we, if Real Madrid makes mistakes in two consecutive games, they can get in trouble, and this victory on the Madrid derby can be worthless. I guess that's the thing when things are so close at the top. It's like you are you are excited that you've got that third spot and you get that win in the Madrid derby, but then you're also looking at the other games and. It's um, yeah, it, it must be a bit stressful, and I guess you've got the right mentality. Yeah, of course. That Tra you've got to be focused. They cannot slip up now. Yeah, of course. Trust all the all all that you want. Trust after winning the derby. You've seen the team celebrating in the in the pits after winning, uh, saying hello to the Real Madrid fans that went into Atletico Madrid's arena. That all celebrations after the derby, all the ones that you want, want. but. Focusing on what on what matters next, the game and after Levante, that is going to be a very tough game. Yeah, that mentality is is so so important. Um, now, Atletico, if they do finish fourth or fifth, obviously, like you say, things are still up for grabs. We never know, but if they do finish in that fourth or fifth spot, Jay, do you think that maybe not having Champions League football could actually be? A blessing because maybe there's a little bit less pressure it gives them time to maybe I don't know reassess how this season has gone regroup and just focus on working to get back up to that level to you know be competing with the likes of Barcelona, Levante, Real Madrid etc. Yeah I think it I think it's got pros and cons of not making Champions League because naturally the team can focus on the league um, you have less chance of fatigue. You have a lot more chance of just focusing on the league and getting that right position. But I feel that it will definitely hurt the club's ambition if they miss Champions League. Because I think the Champions League, being a part of that, just shows that you're one of the elite. It will also make people want to join the team. But I think if you take that step back from Champions League, it might be harder to get back into it because people that are already in the Champions League kind of develop that groove. Now, Real Madrid, this is 
their first season as Real Madrid. Um, obviously not their first season in the league, but you know what I mean. Um, Alejandro, if they finish third, if of course, um, how big is this as a statement for how far they've come in such a short space of time? Especially when you consider that this is only their second season in this division. The statement is easy. Real Madrid hasn't arrived to women's football just to be another name on the board. Real Madrid has to come has come to women's football to fight and try to win for all every title. And that includes in Spain and in Europe. Uh, we are seeing this season that the 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 the, the squad of Real Madrid is pretty ambitious. And I'm sure for the next one, they are going to be even more ambitious and trying to uh, to make new moves and, and signing. Very important, not only Spanish players, but let's see if they bring an um, international star. So that is the point. Real Madrid is not is not taking women's football as another another funny thing or something. It can be a trend and in five years they can uh, forget about it. No, no, no. They are building a team. They are building. They have a plan. And they want to develop it uh, also in a, in a very good way. I completely agree with you. And I guess I, I get exactly where you're coming from because that's how I feel when I look at Manchester United because um, both Real Madrid and Manchester United have arrived later to the game than they probably should have. You know, they probably should have yeah, been of course. Uh, there a, a lot earlier, if we're being honest. But... They have both arrived in England and in Spain, like you say. They're not just doing this to tick it, tick a box, and basically say, "Why right, everyone's doing women's teams? Let's quickly just get a team together, get whoever you can, hurry up, quick." You know, they've actually, you know, built really strong teams that are competing at such a great level, and it is giving that message in that we're here to not tick a box. We are here because we want to be the best not only in the men's game, but we want to be the best in the women's game. We want to be, as a football club, you know, recognised as the best in the world in both, you know, male and female football. So, yeah, so yeah I, also, I can understand that. That's something also Bayern Munich is doing. They are they are investing really in their team after many years that they have the team, but they didn't invest as much as, as other teams in Europe. But now Bayern Munich, is also investing and putting all the packs in the team to get also an important team and saying that, hey, we want also to be an important team, not only in men's football, but in women's football. Yeah, and it's, you know what, it, it's great to see. And, yeah, of course. Um, as, much as, you, uh, as much as you might be a little bit frustrated, like we said, that some of these clubs have been a little bit late to the game, you have to take your hat off to them in that at least they are giving the sport the respect that it deserves. Um, now, looking at Atletico's team, still, I believe, a great team uh, with some really talented players. But if things, if they don't finish in that top three, Jay, what improvements do you think they should be looking at in the summer in order to not, in order to keep up with, obviously, I think everybody's dreaming of keeping up with Barcelona. They are absolutely flying, but... Yeah, just in order to keep up with everybody, do you think that there are any improvements that they should be looking at in the summer? Um, I think they should focus on getting goal-scoring midfielders to share the workload because I feel yeah. it is very much uh, two strikers in Atletico that are scoring most of the goals and then you're not getting that much production from the midfield. And then the point is, if the strikers have an off day, then you might need that boost, but they're not getting that boost. So I think they've only scored five goals from their whole midfield which I don't, that, I don't think that's good enough. So I think mm. they need to focus on getting more goal-scoring midfielders because the more goals that you have in the team, the more games you're going to win. It's just how it is. So especially, and then you don't want the strikers to burn out. So I think they need more goal-scoring midfielders. I think they also need to bring in more young talent because I think the team is ageing. And naturally, you need those leases of life. Like how City have Georgia Stanways, Lauren Hemps, the Chloe Kellys, you need those kind of young players that are hungry in the team as well. So that's what I would do if I was looking at Atletico's team. Yeah, I, I agree with that, definitely. Um, so, yeah, Atletico Madrid, if you're listening, take note. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, let's uh, let's head over to France now. Um, Paris FC, they got an important win over Bordeaux. Of course, Bordeaux, um, they are still ahead by seven points, but it was a good win for Paris. Um 
They haven't been the most consistent, but they do have two really big, important players in Evelyn Viennes and Clara Matteo. Alejandro, how important have these two players been for Paris FC? Yeah, they they have been very important. We have been this, these two players. Uh, they have developed also more alternatives for Paris Saint-Germain. We have seen that they have done a, 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 very, a, a very huge progression for the team and now they can be even part of a team that can end the domination, the, the dynasty of Olympique Lyonnais. Definitely. Um, now, there are five rounds of games left in France. Is there any chance that Paris FC could close that gap a little further? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think because Bordeaux currently above Paris FC and they've got two tough games against Montpellier and Lyon coming up towards the end of the season, I think there is that chance that they could drop those points and allow Paris FC to take over from them. Paris FC have won their last two games, so they're starting to get in that kind of rhythm. And they, there's a potential for them to get nine points from their next four games. So it is a case of whoever loses, whoever starts to lose or get in a bad slump will miss out. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, Bordeaux, we've spoken about before on, on the podcast. Um they're kind of in a very stagnant position in the in that third spot. They're not quite maybe as weak, you could argue, as other teams, but they're not quite on that same level as PSG and Lyon. Um, and they could actually end up finishing in the same position as last season. They probably will. Alejandro, can you still class this as a successful campaign? Uh, yeah, we need to see in perspective how... Uh, Le- Bordeaux is who is fighting against. They are fighting against two giants like PSG and Lyon. They are fighting mm-hmm. against two big teams that even they have even more budget than them. They have a, a better structure than than the team. And the normal thing is that being one step ahead. And if they can, they can reach to fight them. But I trust a lot, especially in what the coach does. Pedro Martinez Losa, he has showed during the years that he's a coach in that if they, if they give him an interesting plan, an interesting team, he can do uh, wonderful things in, a, in the mid-long in the, in the mid term. So maybe uh, the, our guest today knows because uh, he, has, he has coached also Arsenal. So it's something that I'll try, I, I will trust in the, in the project of Jerome Dean's book, though. Yeah, um, I I would I would agree with that, and I think as well, you know, when you look at this Bordeaux team, whatever people may think of their season, that they finished in the same position, etc. Khadija Shaw, shout out because she is Jamaican. Um, she's been fantastic. Um, she is the league's top scorer with nineteen goals, seven assists. She has had thirty-one appearances and twenty-nine goals so far for the club. Um, makes me proud to actually be Jamaican, that she is absolutely bossing it. Um, Jay, how vital has she been for the successes that they've had this season? Yeah, she's been huge. I share, I share that passion for Khadija. It's amazing to see Jamaican women balling out. It's amazing. Um, it makes me proud, and she's doing it for the CONCACAF. It's amazing. But um, I think 26 goals and assists in 19 starts... That shows not only that she's been efficient, but she's also avoided injury, which is great. Durability is key. Like for a season, you don't want a player that's going to be injured, and she's kept that form. She's a key. She's a key playmaker, and I feel because Bordeaux consistently kind of finish in the same spot. But if you take away the goals and assists that um, Khadija has contributed, I believe then they start to look like a team that is fourth and fifth. So I believe her goals have and assists have been instrumental in keeping Bordeaux along with the teams above them. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, and you know when I watch her, I am just you know in awe of what she brings to the table, and I'm so excited um, to see what happens in the future. Um, 
not to, well, yeah, I guess to play devil's advocate a little bit, but she hasn't really had much professional experience before the move to Bordeaux. She played as in like in a professional team. She played for the semi-pro team Florida Crush. Um, not taking anything away from how brilliant she has been, but sometimes we see these players that are so brilliant and then it kind of dies out a little bit. Alejandro, are you wary maybe that her form may not be consistent? This is only her second season, or do you think me and Jay are all right to be getting so excited? Are we allowed to be so excited? Mm, I think that fans, they can get excited for her because she's a player that has shown very, very good things in in very, in, in very uh, unfriendly conditions. For example, she, she was the one, uh, we need to remember, this player, she was part of the team that qualified Jamaica for her first World Cup when they were playing a pre-Olympic qualification, a pre-World Cup, World Cup qualification against teams, for example, Costa Rica or Panama, uh, she was on that team and she showed very good things. So let's see. Maybe the the form can be his problem in this season, but she can, she can work on it. She's still young. Uh, let's see how the things develop because she's a very inter- interesting player to see. Definitely. I'm getting excited. Definitely. I don't even care. Um, Now, of course, um, we were all excited for Leon against PSG. Um, It didn't happen. It was postponed due to a positive um, COVID-19 test. Um, Obviously hoping everybody is staying as safe as possible. Um, Did either of you have any predictions for this game? Because To be honest, I don't know if I could have called it going into it. Did either of you have any inclinations or any thoughts about what direction it would have gone in? I was swaying towards I was swaying towards PSG. Okay. I think I I slowly feel that the Leon train is slowly dying. I think they've been dominant for so so long, but in the reverse picture they lost to PSG. And it wasn't just by luck, it was a very fierce encounter so I feel PSG are determined to keep on kicking down that door of Lyon so I w- would have gone with like a 2-1 PSG What about you Alejandro? Uh, to be honest I think PSG can be the one that is, is they are the only ones that they can end the dynasty and I think this was the year they could end the dynasty of Lyon, they can end the dynasty of Lyon in, in France Hmm yeah, I mean, I like I say, I, I don't know if I could have called it. Um, I mean, it would have been surely the type... I mean, this game will still happen at some point, of course, but it would have been the title-deciding game, surely. Um, so I guess we'll have to wait and see when that game is eventually played. Maybe it will work in their favours that it's been delayed a little bit, maybe not. Um, we will have to wait and see. Um, but that is our discussion about the um, about some of the games across Europe. We will move on to our hot topic this week, which is, of course, the Champions League. It was a big round in the competition last week. Um, we already have the quarterfinals to look forward to next week. It's all happening. So let's take a look at these fixtures, as we've done before on the podcast, and give a few predictions. Um, now... PSG, um, by the time this podcast goes out, PSG will have played their game. Um, It seems like they will be going through to the next round. And surprise, surprise, they will be facing Leon. (laughs) Obviously, we have just spoken about this fixture. Um, Jay, do you think that for Leon, this will be easier to face them in the Champions League because they're not at the top of the league, so maybe they are firmly focusing on the Champions League more than Paris? Or do you think for Paris, they're seeing this as an opportunity to, if we can keep going steadily in the league, keep winning games, this is our opportunity to knock Leon off their European perch as well. What do you think the mentalities are? I think it's crucial for both teams, but I think for the first time in a while, I think people are starting to see there's more than Leon. Mm. Like there's different places to go. You have people like Lucy Bronze, uh, Woman Player of the Year, that's decided to leave Leon. So it shows that. Even players are realising there's more to Leon, And I think PSG will need to continue. Like, if PSG is going to dethrone them, they have to make sure that they win in these sort of games. So I feel Leon are having to play for their life, practically. 
and to show that, yes, we are still that dominant team. So I think there's a lot more pressure for Leon than there is for PSG. Yeah, interesting. Because um, I, I was wondering, like, how how are they going to be going into this? Well, I guess you just go into it as a game that you want to win, end of. Um, but, Alejandro, PSG will need uh, Marianne Antoinette Cototo to be on top form. Do you think that she is fast becoming arguably the best forward um, in the French league for the French national team. Do you think that she's becoming the best? She's not the she's not the the fast becoming the best forward because she she's the present and she's she's the maybe the best forward France can has ever now. Uh, no. Of course, they will need her to be in the in the in, in her best to eliminate Lyon in the in in the Champions League. But really. We are talking about about a player that she's only 22 and she has all the future ahead, and she's a tremendous player. And I don't know what's her ceiling and, and what's her her limit. Mm. Mm. We are. It's a player that everyone loves, and I still ask. Is one is one of the mysteries. Uh, I will I will always ask. Is something like maybe. Why are the Stonehens stone crumb like uh, put like that or something like that? Why Corindia Cre didn't call her up for for the World Cup two years ago? Mm. So a very it, it is a it's a good question really, um, and I'm sure a lot of uh, of her fans will be asking that question, um, and it will be interesting to see um, what capacity we see her in. Um, with the uh, with the women's national team in the future. Um, so yeah, this game. What are your predictions? Because again, I am a very indecisive person at the best of times. So <laughs> predictions are maybe not my strong point, unless I'm being biased. Um, but I feel like you know sometimes when things are almost like you can see the headlines. You feel like it's just written in history. I felt this way when I was watching the men's game, when I watched Manchester United against Manchester City. I had a feeling, and I am a, I'm a realist normally, but I just had this feeling. I was like, City have got this unbeaten run. I just feel like United are going to cut that unbeaten run. I just had a feeling and it happened. And I've got this feeling again, not saying that it means absolutely anything at all. I could just be talking rubbish, but... This, again, is one of those moments where PSG have got the opportunity to knock Leon off their European perch. It would open that competition so much more. So I feel like PSG, I'm, I couldn't tell you the scoreline, but I feel like PSG will win this one. Jay, what do you reckon? Yeah, I see a PSG 3-1. But I can, think... can you see it in, in, his, in the headlines like I am? Yeah, Good. because at the end of the day, everything must come to an end. Every great champion must finally be beaten, and that will I think that will happen to Leon. But I think the, in that game, the first goal will be the most important, and PSG will get it. And from that, the floodgates will open, and PSG will just have a great game. What do you reckon, Alejandro? Are we crazy? Or... No, no, no. I, I, I totally agree with you. I think PSG, they are going to make the surprise, and they are going to send the, 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 actual, the actual champion home. Because really, um, I think they are going to. Uh, they can. They can be big, bigger than them. They can be stronger than them. And I will give you a result. I will say, on the first leg, two 0 for PSG, and on the second one, two one for Lyon. So PSG will advance. Oh, I, li- I like that. I've. I've. Yeah, I. I will go with that. Um, if that happens, that that would be great. Um, I mean, not great for Leon, but um, it would be great for the fans to watch, definitely. Um, so yeah, I think that is you know one of the big big games that will be happening. Um, next up, we've got Bayern Munich against Rosengard. Now, no disrespect to Rosengard whatsoever, but Jay, does this kind of scream easy win for Bayern? Have they maybe got the easier fixture at this stage in the competition? Yeah, I'd say easy win, but not, yeah, no disrespect to Rosengard, but it's just how incredible this Bayern Munich team have been and how they have just played their game and just dominated their league. And the thing is, repetition is great and practice is great and they've developed a lot of great habits. So I, it would be hard 
to see Rosengard beat Bayern, so I would say easy win for Bayern. Yeah, I I would probably agree. Um, now, I'm just again maybe playing devil's advocate a little bit. Alejandro, if Rosengard managed to get through the first leg unscathed, A, do you think that's possible? Yeah. And B, if it does happen, is there a way that they could actually get a result from this? Could we see a surprise? Why not, really? This is Champions League and maybe if a small a small mistake can be lethal for for your team if they don't show the enough enough uh, enough bravery. Uh, if Rosengard can play good, if Rosengard can put in trouble to Bayern Munich, it's very difficult because Bayern Munich is now maybe the best thing in Germany at, at this moment. But I think if they can do that at, ho- at, at, at the first leg, maybe they can put some pressure to Bayern Munich that can be a kind of bad for them for the second leg. And, and if we have playing playing a second leg with bad with bad pressure and bad feelings can be can be key to not to advance on round in Champions League. So let's see. I think Bayern is going to advance, but. Uh, I think that if Rosengard can make a surprise, the tie will be so open. Mm. Yeah, but I agree. Um, so your prediction, Alejandro, is that not maybe. Well, you can give us a scoreline if you've got one, but maybe Rosengard could surprise in the first leg, but Bayern ultimately will progress. Yeah, the, the Rosengard Rosengard can, can surprise. For example, Rosengard. They are a team that they have experience playing on this competition and they can give the surprise to Bayern Munich. Yeah, definitely. Jay, what about you? What do you think? I, I don't have much hope for Rosengard. This is a team that really doesn't like to concede goals and they love to score goals. So I could see like a Bayern Munich 4-0 in the first leg. Oh, first leg. Wow. I mean... It, it would be a very good result um, for the neutrals to see some uh, some good Bayern Munich goals. Guess we'll have to wait and see. Um, but best of luck to both teams. Um, of course, another game that is taking place is Wolfsburg against Chelsea. Um, Wolfsburg got to the last final. Um, and after Bayern's dominance in the league, like we've been talking about, you know, they are on absolute fire. And we've discussed on the podcast before about whether Wolfsburg are coming to a little bit of a transitional period, they've lost a couple of good players, are they going to need to look to maybe regroup in the summer? But at the end of the day, they're still in the Champions League at the moment. They will want to get to the semi-finals. Um, they're up against Chelsea, who, like we talked about previously, they are unstoppable at the moment. Jay, do you think that Wolfsburg realistically have a shot at this? Uh, yeah, definitely. I think it helps that Wolfsburg don't, play um they're not in the same league as Chelsea so Chelsea don't really know what to expect of course they can watch film and they can learn about the team but they don't have that kind of advantage of seeing that team all the time and I think that's kind of where at times Chelsea struggled with Atletico Mm. because they're just not used to it but I think the advantage still um lies with Chelsea because they literally took Wolfsburg's best player so it's like obviously that's gonna that's gonna come back and hinder you if you give away your best armor so I could see Wolfsburg definitely have a chance because they're a really good team, but I wouldn't call them the favourites. Yeah, um, which I guess when you look at Wolfsburg his, Wolf, Wolfsburg's history and what they've achieved, um, you know, I guess maybe a couple of years ago, if somebody said you ain't going to be the favourites, it would be a little bit of a shock. But yeah. also, I feel like their experience as, you know, one of the top clubs in Europe, I think, you know, maybe that will shine through. Um Alejandro, do you think that Chelsea could win this competition uh, wh- realistically? Why not? Why not? We, really? I we love s- your mentality. Of just seen, why no. not? Like, no. anything's possible. <laughs> no, we, but really, we have seen a Chelsea that has been competing very strong in the, in the Women's Super League. They have become champions of the Continental Cup last weekend. But uh, really, even if Champions League is very different and they will need a lot of, a lot of things to win it, I see they have enough... Uh, per team, per players, and for a squad, they have enough arguments to fight for the title and trying to at least to reach the final. Yeah, what what's your prediction, Alejandro? Ooh, I will say uh, Chelsea wins uh, in the in the first in the first game. I think Chelsea will will win 
three one, mm. and in the second one I will say zero two for Chelsea. Nice, Jay. What about you? Yeah, I agree. A three one Chelsea, and then second leg. Yeah, second leg. I see three nil Chelsea again. Oh, lots of goals in these games. I hope. Um, I feel like. Um, I feel like Chelsea will probably progress and I think this will be um, maybe the final, not saying that they've not realised it already, but maybe the final realisation for Wolfsburg and their fans that they're maybe having to go through a little bit of a transitional period now for the next season or so of kind of rebuilding and building again, you know, um, more great players and things like that. So I feel like Chelsea maybe will win it. I'm going to go like 4-2 on aggregate. Um, but I'm indecisive, so I might change my mind by next week. Who knows? Um, so the blockbuster game, arguably, apart from maybe the Leon PSG game, or you could argue that the Wolfsburg-Chelsea one is as well. A lot of really good games. Um, we've got Manchester City against Barcelona. Um, Manchester City have got to two semi-finals before. They crashed out to Leon both times, so they'll probably just be happy that they're not facing Leon just yet. Um and then they were knocked out by Atletico twice in the round of 32 and the round of 16 in the last two seasons. So now they're back in a quarterfinal, which will be massive for them. Jay, every time in the past that they've come up against big competition like Leon, uh, like Atletico, um, they've struggled. Do you think that this time around against Barcelona, they have a chance? Do you think that they've maybe learned from their mistakes and with the form that they've had this season that they'll be okay? Yeah, I think so. I think a really important thing that City have done is bring in world champions in yeah. the form of Rose Lavelle, Abby Dalkemper, Sam Mewis. Now you have people that have won the greatest trophy of them all. So I think with that, you're going to be able to have moments where you might go a goal behind but um, against Barcelona, but you have players that have been in tough moments but have also achieved. So they can really get you through. You've got players like Georgia Stanway, Chloe Kelly, Lauren Hemp. Those are my, I love those players. Yeah. And I believe sometimes you need hungry players as well. That these are, they haven't had these kind of games before. So they're going to be determined to give it their all. But I think it also depends heavily on Steph um, Hewton. I think she's the captain. She is the leader. And if she has an amazing game, then City will have an amazing game. Nice. Yeah, I think... Um... Yeah, I, I get what you mean with that one. And I think I d really do fancy Manchester City's chances. But as I've said on previous podcasts, there is just something about Barcelona. Um, they just seem to glide through life at the moment. <laughs> um, it's like no drama. Nothing is an issue for them. Um, Alejandro, looking at Barcelona, are you confident in their ability going into this game? Uh, yeah, really. Even even you know that I I prefer Real Madrid, uh, Barcelona in Champions League. They are a team that they 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 deserve all the respect and they deserve that they are a team that can fight for everything. And in theory, I see them as a favorites in this in this tie against against Man City because they have uh, more experience playing these rounds. The team uh, is a bit stronger, I think, than Man City. And maybe they can they 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 will have enough experience to advance off round. Yeah, I I think that will probably be the thing that comes into play in this situation, in that Manchester City have not been in a quarterfinal situation for two seasons now. Um so I think maybe that will come into play. Obviously they're trying their best to keep up with Chelsea as well. Um but And I think also with Barcelona, the confidence that they must have right now, their egos must be massive. <laughs> like They are absolutely, like the way that they've played in the league, it has been brilliant. And I think this will be a really good test for them. Um, and like I say, in a previous podcast, when we've given predictions, I was toying with Barcelona and, you know, everybody's kind of looking towards Leon to win the competition. Chelsea maybe I was always kind of saying maybe Barcelona could it seems like people have kind of forgotten about them a little bit um, I'm not too sure but 
I definitely think that they could pose a threat. I feel like Manchester City definitely do have their own threats as well. Um, I'm not too sure, believe it or not, Miss Indecisive, I'm not too sure where this will go. Um, Alejandro, what are you predicting for this one? A Barcelona win? Yeah, I predict Barcelona win, but it will be very difficult for them. I think yeah. the first leg, it will be 2-1 for Barcelona. And in the second leg in Manchester, I think it will be a, a tie, 1-1. Mm. What do you think, Jay? Uh, both teams don't like to concede goals. So I've, it's going to be... I think first leg will be Barcelona 1-0. And then second leg, I'll say... 2-0 City. Right. Oh, I don't, I don't know, you know. And this isn't even me with my Manchester United head on saying <laughs> that City, because at the end of the day, if an English, if a women's Super League team win the Champions League, I would be absolutely gassed. Like, it's not at all this... I've not got a vendetta against City, I promise. <laughs> but I, I do feel like Barcelona um, could win this one. I'm, oh, I'm... I'm not too... Oh, I'm really not too sure. I'm so indecisive. It's not even funny. Um, right, I think Barcelona will win this one. I have this weird feeling, like I get these weird vibes like I've talked about before. I'm feeling penalties for some Ooh. reason. I'm feeling penalties and I love a penalty shootout so long as it's not my team that's involved. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think? Are you pro penalties, providing it's not your team? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course, really. Always penalties when it's not my team on the line. <laughs> I definitely agree with that one. Um, but yeah, um, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens with the Champions League. But all very, very exciting. Some brilliant teams are in the mix and... I can't wait to see what happens with this tournament, but I'm sure we will all get together again soon and discuss the outcomes, see if we got some of these predictions right or not. Um, as always, thank you for joining me. Thank you, Alejandro. Thank you, Jay, for joining us for the first time. Um, and like I say, I'm sure we will all get together again soon and have a good chat about the games. So that is it for today's Women's Football Podcast. As always, thank you to my guest, Alejandro, and to Jay. And thank you to all of you for listening. Now, do not forget, if you do want to get in touch, as always, it is podcast at onefootball.com. And don't forget that you can also head to the likes of Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud, etc. to listen to all of the One Football podcasts.